Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Soundtracking. It is July, probably second or third. I don't know which day I'm dropping this. There's a lot of episodes coming out this week. Uh, so last year for the 4th of July, we did I Know What You Did Last Summer as our episode. So for Soundtracking, we're doing the soundtrack to I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, <laughs> because I was adamant about yeah, it. Yeah, you were very yeah. insistent. From the second we discussed doing Soundtracking, this was... 4th of July, 4th of July. This was it. So uh, let's just dive into it, because there's a lot of songs to discuss. Oh, so uh, many good songs, too. Also, we sound super sexy. It's because we're sitting side by side at Scott's house. Yeah, right actually, now. thighs touching right now. We're going to see how, how close to a bro job we can get. Oh, we already got there. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> uh, the soundtrack kicks off with a cover, Hush, by Kula Shaker. And I did not know this was a cover. Until, until the episode, yeah. Yeah, no, I... I, I <laughs> I'll give you a little bit of credit. <laughs> but, like, I didn't know this was a cover. So I had this CD. Yeah. Oh, I listened to this so much. This, so this song for a band that I've never heard another song from is, like, the song of the summer for me. Like, I oh, remember yeah. this all over the radio. With yeah, song yeah. that song was huge. And the video, which is not a good video, but, like, I can just see him with his flare jeans. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the flare jeans that he's, like, wearing a, like a, a ringer tee or something. So, so basically looking like the lead singer of every band that was putting out music videos in uh, 1997. If by the lead singer of every band putting out music videos in 1997, you mean me going into high school, <laughs> then yes. But, man, what a, this song I love this song. It's I, I such don't, a good kickoff. To this yeah, album. It, I, and I do not like the sound of that. I don't like that synth sound, that organ synth sound on anything. It's very, very dated, and I don't like it. But it works on this song. Well, and it works because it's you know a throwback to a '60s song, so it kind of works to have like. A but it's got bit. a lot of pep. Yeah, song it's, like it's the original version is strictly okay, but this is one of those covers that is so much better. Oh yeah, yeah. The, 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 the great thing about this is that we get two really good covers. Two, three, no, two, two really good covers. Two really good covers. Yeah, uh, because the next song I mean, the, is it actually track two? Yeah, track two oh, is Typo Negatives. Please. 
doing Summer Breeze. Yeah, and so I learned how to play this riff. This is the f- okay. This I just am remembering now. This is the first drop D riff I ever learned how to play. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's so, oh, it's so heavy. <laughs> so, do you remember? I'm pretty sure it was typo negative. It had to have been typo negative. Uh, when Beavis and Butthead watched the typo negative video, and Butthead kept trying to do his impression of the lead singer. Peter Steele. Yeah, I don't. I, you're, you're asking the wrong guy because I don't think I've really watched a whole lot. Of, I, I think Beavis I watched and, Beavis and Butthead do America like halfway. Yeah, see, the cartoon is whatever, but man, there was one night that I just found a compilation of all of the clips of them watching music videos and commentating <laughs> over it, and it was a great evening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah distilling. The personality down to one fucking yeah. compilation is, I mean, why do you think we watch porn? Yeah, but he <laughs> boner jams fourteen. <laughs> but he like, I just remember he just now? kept going like, <laughs> like yeah. So, so my my typo negative story is before this, um, I heard my girlfriend's girlfriend for the first time ever. I remember that song. Yeah, I think everybody remembers that song. I heard that song for the first time on the radio before going to church. <laughs> when I was in like elementary school, maybe I might have been sixth grade. I don't know, but I was like, "How does his girlfriend have a girlfriend?" Because I was <laughs> I was raised in a small town. Um, yeah, I did not quite get the point of that song. It's just a song about his girlfriend's best friend, right? Yeah, she that likes prob- to hang out definitely all the time. gives her kind of yeah. definitely. So like, occasionally, yeah, it's just like you know, just bro job. It's like girl bro job, um, bro job. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so so here's an embarrassing admission. Second drop D song I ever learned. Can you guess what? You know me pretty well. We've been podcasting for over six years together. Can you guess the second drop D song? It was a big song right around the same time. As as Summer Breeze? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is the, it's not even a deep cut, but I feel like this is such an obscure question that you might. I, well, because like when I think of drop D... <laughs> My brain keeps going to new metal, and you're not a new metal guy. Uh, so no, I, I did like... learn a lot of new metal because of Mario, that yeah. motherfucker. But I mean, like, I learned the entire system of a down record. I could probably burn my way through that. It give me one time through to get reacquainted. I mean, I, I feel probably... like System of the Down is they like were a slightly very... higher echelon. Yeah. Of, of <laughs> they were still new metal. very, very much entrenched in new metal in 1999. Oh, oh no, and I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, like. They are in a whole different league right. than yeah, they're like Corn and Deftones. Yeah. No, like, yeah, but like Corn isn't even new metal. They're like proto new metal. But they used to be listed as rap core, which I just thought was absurd. There was no such thing as core yeah. in in 1998. Like Follow the Leader, I definitely learned a couple songs off of, but that was this was after this. I'm going to just lay it out for you. Those bands were allowed to have like one album that was actually. Good. Well, I would actually say Life is Peachy is a better album than Follow the Leader, but Follow I mean, the Leader was the first one that... three albums are pretty solid, and then it just can all yeah, fall off a cliff embarrassing after that. to admit. Oh, it's so hard <laughs> the to first, admit. The first album I will still pop on occasionally, because I still think Blind is one of my favorite opening tracks. Is, to... oh, not Ball Tongue? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ball Tongue's not technically the opening track. It's I Twist. Kn- uh, yeah, fucking Twist. Oh, my God. So, so many, many embarrassing kids just walk around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, like, I know you're a couple years younger than me, but that's the exact same junior <laughs> high experience. Oh, my God. Uh, but but I love, I just want to say one more thing. I love that Korn was knowledgeable enough in their fan base that by the time Life is Peachy came out, they put out a song that was just them cursing for an entire track. And, like, if you read if interviews, you they're like, with, like, if you tour as Korn for two years and then do another record, I feel like it's pretty self-evident. Yeah. But they, they said, like, well, we knew that our fan base was teenage boys, and we knew as teenagers 
that whenever you heard a band curse because it was like a big no-no, it was like a really exciting <laughs> thing. So like that song is literally just for the 13-year-olds that bought that album. They're like, oh, they're saying words you're not supposed to yeah. say. Yeah, the, that, the, you know, here's the difference between me and, and the corn listener of 1997 oh, or whenever that record came out. Um, when when we when I'd listen to like Blink-182 and the horse blowjob part would come on, I'd be like, oh, shit. And I'd turn, oh, turn the, oh, I'd listen to fu- uh, fucking um, Smash and and uh, Bad Habit would come on. Oh, yeah. Shit, uh, <laughs> You stupid, dumb shit, goddamn so, motherfucker. I'd always be like, oh, God. So, got, so this is the wait, wait, we haven't gotten back. We have, Let me tell this story and then we'll hear your drop. Put a fucking thumbtack in my first drop. Second drop. So, so this is because I don't know when they'll ever be an appropriate, a, a better appropriate time to tell this story. Um, so, me getting a parental advisory CD was a very big deal. Uh, my parents would not allow me to. It was a it was a huge no no in the Kelly house. <laughs> Thanks, Chipper um, Gore, you bitch. So. Cut that. <laughs> so right behind my parents' house for like two years was this Sam Goody record store. And I picked up this record of the Beastie Boys' Ill Communications. Ooh, And yes. it didn't have the sticker on it. Like when someone sold it back, they didn't have the sticker on. So I bought it because I'm like, oh, sweet. This, I like Sabotage and Shore Shot, so this will be great. Love Sabotage. Still their and, best song ever. And uh, when I took it home and I listened to it, I was like, this has a lot of curses. I, so <laughs> I took it back. so mad at me. Well, literally, I was like, I took it back. <laughs> you fucking loser. So the guy, I went in so frequently that the guy knew my phone number and he called my parents to tell me, tell them, hey, he, uh, he brought this back because there was too much cursing in it and he thought that you guys wouldn't approve of it. So... But you still got in trouble. <laughs> no, no. My mom was so proud that she said, "You know what? You can, you can get. You're, you're you mature enough it. now. You can have a, a parent advisory oh CD." The nineties were a but, strange time. <laughs> but I went to a, a party at my cousin's house that night, and I was trying to figure out which album I wanted to buy as my first one. So I went through his binder, and I was listening to them in his bedroom, and he had this huge boombox, and I had no clue that you could hear. What I was listening oh, to, no. <laughs> clear as day on the deck, and I was listening to Adam Sandler's "They're All Gonna Laugh at You," yep. specifically the buffoon where he's just like "fucking shit," <laughs> and like the door bursts open. <laughs> and uh, I, Needless it was another. To say you did not yeah, get to have. It was, have a it was another year before I bought my parental advisory CD, which was Sublime, self-titled. Ugh, bad choice. Oh, love that you, album. You still. don't practice Santeria. I don't. <laughs> but I know how to play it on guitar now. Oh, anyway, so worst fucking of- solo to play the guitar like a motherfucking riot. Uh, so <laughs> it's like as bad as the Vandals fucking like doing a guitar solo. Okay, so 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 my second drop D song. Holy shit, we're like ten minutes past that, but I'm still going to tell you Creed Higher. Okay, that makes sense. I, I was- can remember myself playing that song incessantly, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I did it because. I wanted to impress a girl. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, I'm going to be, and unfortunately, Brian's not here, but Brian will back back me up, man. Human Clay and My Own Prison got a lot of play in the Kelly yeah, household. Yeah, but Human Clay is a shit fucking album. My Own Prison still kind of My Own Prison bad. still has like four or five songs that are yeah, like, fucking bangers. But, and they're all on the, they're all somewhere in 
Can't Hardly Wait <laughs> for some reason. Like, yeah. they got like three Creed songs in that song, in that album. And since you mentioned Deftones, my third Drop D song, I'm pretty sure it was my third Drop D my song. My own prison, or not my own prison, uh, My Own Summer. Yeah. God, that's uh, such a good, I don't like that, the Deftones, but I love so that hard. song. No, I, I like the Deftones, and that riff is garbage. Like, it's such a garbage riff. It's, I also, also like the, the back to school song that they've disowned as garbage. Wait, what? So when they put out White Pony, yeah, which is their best record, they were don't told, even argue with me. They were told that um, there was no the first track back to school. Well, no, it so the original. I have the original release of White Pony that doesn't have back to school on it at all. What? So the original release was only eleven songs, and they were told by the record label that but there I was bought that CD like when it came out. They were told there was no hits on this. So what they did was they it's took true. the last song, Pink Maggot, yeah. and they reworked it to sound like a rapcore new metal song and then released that as a separate single and did a re-release of White Pony this with that as the opening my track. Mind yeah, if you like, look I, it up. I thought that I picked that up right when it came out. If you picked it up when Back to School came out, then yes. I picked it up when I found out about I, it. I, I, so bought, it must have been I bought a used copy on Amazon. So the copy uh, that I got was, was probably release. someone who picked it yeah. up when it first came out and the only single was like changes i think it was uh, no change in the house of flies. change in the house that of flies was, their was first the single. first single that was their first signal single but the thing is is that you know i can hear how when you look like white pony's a, a phenomenal record like i will never not love that record um i can see how someone w- how a group would see that as not having any singles as any hits, but like Knife Party is so fucking good, and like Passenger with Maynard from Tool, that was like a banger, and and like uh, like Digital Bath is my all time favorite Deftones song. I feel like there's like I don't dislike any re- any song on that record, but I can see why it wouldn't wouldn't be radio friendly, especially in 1999. When was that? Uh, I believe that one was 1999 or 2000. No, it would have been 2000. Uh, was that my senior year? Because yeah, the, that was that around was... the fur was 97. Dude, I'm pretty the sure. Fur was such a good record, though. <laughs> anyway, so we got totally off yeah, track. Track like 10 three. Minutes, who gives a, people listen to us so that we talk because they love listening to us talk about new metal. So there's no complaints there. I'm <laughs> so sure. track three. Uh, I feel like this band's been on almost every episode of soundtracking, uh, but. The Offspring, DUI, which is a great And that's song. a B-side. That's yeah. not on any of their records. Nope. You yeah. can only get it on this bad boy. Yeah. I'm going to drink and drive. Yeah. It's no beheaded, but. Oh, that was a good fucking joke, too, by the way. I, I don't know what else to say about The Offspring, and we also mentioned Smack. I mean, I love The Offspring. I, I, I'm going to say something that I think is a very controversial statement. It's not. Which is that, like. I genuinely don't think The Offspring put out a bad record, and I know that there's a lot of people oh, who got sick Splinter of them. Splinter is not a good record. It's Rise not, and Fall, Rage and Grace is a much better record. It's not. Splinter's not great, but there's still some songs I really dig on Splinter. Here, here's the thing about even the even a bad Offspring, it, they're like the Alkaline Trio for me, where even a bad Alkaline Trio or Offspring record, I'll still listen to it. That's you kind know of how like, I describe Green Day and Weezer for me. See, I can't I say the like, same thing about Green Day and Weezer because I am pretty turned off by a lot of the stuff that they've done recently. I really liked Uno and Dos uh, because the first time that we hung out for that otaku con, whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> um, you gave me Uno, Dos, and Trace. And I don't love Trace. I like one or two songs on it, but like Uno and Dos are like really good records. Yeah. Surpri- but I don't shit. like between... I, I, don't, I did not really enjoy... I guess I I respect American Idiot 
But I it's felt okay. like it was. I, I respect it because it has so many hits on it. But I don't like it. So, so let me stress what I mean when I say that with like Weezer and Green Day. Is for me, I feel like they are two bands that get shit on a whole lot. And like, I feel like even their worst albums are usually better than most bands' best albums. Like in the grand scheme of music. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, American Idiot's not really my favorite, and I don't listen to it, but I've listened to plenty of bands who've put out way worse records than American Idiot as their oh, entire yeah. career. Like, yeah, no, no, I, I get it. <laughs> but that's the problem. Like, is I that love you... Weston. Like, <laughs> like, Weston is amazing to me, but Weston has put out garbage for their five albums that they were a band. Right, yeah, but that's that's the thing, and that's a deep cut, by the way. Like, I almost... I, that's, that's a very regional Someone thing. is going to Google Weston yeah, one day, yeah, yeah. and I hope that they enjoy New Shirt, because it's a fucking fan. <laughs> Fantastic it's actually song. really good. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I only know about Weston because of you. But um, I, I guess it's the same feeling I have for Alkaline Trio that I ha- that you have for Weezer and Green Day is like, I just like the way they sound. Yeah. I, I think for me, like, River, I think Rivers is one of those guys who a lot of people don't like. And and I, I'm one of those people. I do not like him or his writing style. There's there's an article that I remember reading in one of Chuck Klusterman's books where he talks about like the love that people have for Pinkerton and how everyone hates everything that came after Pinkerton. And he says like what they what their biggest complaint a lot of time is like he's not writing songs for us anymore. And he's like, he never was That's writing songs art. for you. That's he's, fucking art. Yeah, he was like, he he just at one point in his life was writing about his life, and it happened to coincide with your life. Yeah, exactly. But, he's, but that's that's. I, mean, I don't love Chuck Klosterman. Like yeah. I, you know that I'm not a huge fan. But I think that that is a an incredibly lucid understanding of pop music. Yeah, because, because that's what you could say about any band. Like yeah. I shit on bands all the time now that are coming out. Like I think they're derivative and whatever. But I bet that those people will be shitting on bands. Just like me when they yeah. turn thirty. Well, or well, his big thing was he's like, you know, you can't, you cannot relate to Rivers. Like he's a dude who got rich very quickly and actively chose to not have sex for <laughs> multiple years and wrote about it in songs and has a weird fascination with Japan and like he is not like a normal human being. Right, and there was just in, this one album that you guys both were on the same page, and now he's on a whole other page of right. his life. Yeah, but that's the thing. Also, is that like you're you're basically conforming Pinkerton to your life, and that that that's what the the sign of a good pop album yeah. is. Like, I get that, but honestly, Maladroit I think is a superior album to Pinkerton. That's probably that's my it. least favorite album. I, most people do not like well, Maladroit, but I, I, I like it better than Pinkerton. I like the songs on it. I just feel like all of the songs feel incomplete. Like, it just feels like a collection of ideas. I, you know, I guess it doesn't because all the songs well are like Pinkerton. a minute and forty. Like there's like, like multiple songs, songs that are super though. short. It's, I like short, songs. but they don't feel like they're supposed to be short. They feel like that's as far I've as never you've gotten the writing that. prices. I, I, I understand. I've had that so many times with so many bands, and I understand that gripe. Um, I just don't feel it with Malatois. But I whatever. love the shit out of Keep Fishing. I think that's one of the oh, best great songs. songs. <laughs> Actually, I think that Crab is one of their best songs ever. Crab's really good. Um, I really like on the Green album, uh, Photograph. Oh, the, Photograph is such if a good you song. Want it, you he, can have it. He writes like when he writes it's a pop, pop song, it's, he writes fantastic. But like pop Buddy Holly's a pop song. Even if you go back to Blue Album, like also, okay, maybe Crab isn't their best song ever. You gave your love to me softly as their best song ever, yeah. and you know why it's their best song ever? Because, because it's on Angus. Angus. <laughs> <laughs> Future soundtracking episode. Oh sure. yeah. 
Absolutely, November the best Green Day song that has ever been Jar, recorded. Jar, J-O, oh, yeah. oh uh, it's so good. Yeah, new, new, yeah, we're absolutely just a heads up. If we're coinciding November with the soundtracking, then I, Angus, it are is. we doing a soundtracking every other month? Is that we've been doing it every month so far? Okay, November soundtracking, no question. We're doing we're so, doing Angus. So you might think that we're just really off topic, but also the we're next, going like, to burn through the next six for, songs. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. next couple songs, there is nothing to say. Yeah, uh, Green Apple Quick Stop <sighs> Step, whoever that is, I don't remember the song Kid at all. It's just like this. It's kind of like trying to be. It was trying to be the sneaker pimps. Okay, fair enough. And it's not really. It's sad sneaker. It's not as good. Just, yeah. There were there was a small, very small subsect of pop music that was trying to be the sneaker pimps, and I don't understand it. I don't understand <laughs> the sneaker pimps weren't even that great. Yeah, they had the song. They the had song. a song. Yeah. Uh, then there's L7, who I never could get into. Okay, I do dig this song. Um, this ain't the summer of love. Yeah. Um, I like it because there's so much sneer in it, and I love how pissed they sound. I love it, just reminds me so much of being that age. Is L7, there was like a whole bunch of Riot Girl bands, so I can't remember. I, they would be considered Riot Girl, in my opinion. But I was going to say, was she the, were they the ones they that threw the tampon, tampons into the crowd at, Warp Tour, or at uh, Woodstock? Kill. Bikini Kill? Okay. Mm. I can't remember. Someone Maybe threw a used kill. tampon I don't know if at the crowd. Kill wasn't. I'm gonna search "used tampon crowd." Yeah, yeah. In the post, that. in the post credits of this uh, soundtracking, we'll find out. Um, stu- stay tuned. I know that you guys are waiting with masturbated breath. Uh, what's the next song? It's that Soul Asylum song. Oh God! I actually deleted that. So I had the CD, and then in 2002, I bought my first external hard drive, and I digitized all of my music. It took all summer, and I, when I digitized this, I. Specifically left off a bunch of songs, including the Soul Asylum, because I fucking hate Soul Asylum. So here's the thing: <laughs> I'm not going to defend Soul Asylum. I have two Soul Asylum albums, and you know how many good songs are on them? Two. The four singles that came off of both of those albums <laughs> combined. Um, Soul Asylum does not write good music. They happen to have like two or three singles that were pretty good, uh, and also L7 is the tampon band. Okay, they are the tampon. Um, Very but good. Soul Asylum, I will defend the following things. One, the song "Runaway Train," I think is very hey, good. I, I nope, no, love I, it. I, I understand the the value of it, dude. But that I song, stand that song. That song used to crush me as like a ten year old. Well, yeah, because we're ten. Yeah. Um, also on that uh, on that same album is "Black Gold," which is a pretty good jam. Uh, and then their second album actually has what I think were the two best songs they ever recorded. One is "Misery." Uh, I would take I would take Runaway Train over Misery any day. And the other one is a lesser known song, but it was the first Soul Asylum song I ever heard. Uh, Just like anyone, the music video was starring, I believe, Claire Danes. Ooh, hey, speaking of Claire Danes, you ever heard that song, uh, My So Called Life by the Ataris? Yeah, great much jam. better song than anything Soul Asylum. <laughs> I don't disagree. Uh, so the music video for Just Like Anyone was really fucking weird, and it was at a prom. And Claire Danes was like this girl who had two weird bumps on her shoulders, and everyone was picking Please on her. Please tell me she becomes an angel. She does. Ah, giant wings. It so, is so <laughs> cliche. That is so cliche nineties. Oh Holy man, shit. that song. But it's it's the best song they ever did because it's like two minutes and thirty seconds. Like it's a real quick I, song. I think that I could take two minutes and thirty seconds. And it's like of song. not four minutes. Just for wondering what it's like to be liked by anyone. Oh, you made me listen to that song. The guy tuned in math made me listen to that. <laughs> 
All right, so let's dive into another band that I think uh, has more fans than it deserves. Toad the Wet Sprocket with the song. Fuck hey, Toad the Wet Sprocket. You know, I I had my moment with Toad the Wet Sprocket. It was 1995 or six. I was in junior high. I didn't know jack shit about music. <laughs> they have one song that I like. Is it Till I Hear It From You? Or No, that's the Jim Blossoms. Oh, they suck too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, the one. I'm going to back away from the mic for this. Uh, it's the one that starts. Oh, God. Okay, Walk on the Water. All right, all right, all right. I'll give them that. I really like that song. Yeah. <laughs> the have... only thing about that is that there is a serious Christian vibe to it that I did not. I'm did pretty not... sure that Toad the Wet Sprocket was one of those like Creed bands that were just they like, were kind Christian of Christian enough to, to, to ride the line between both. There was, a, and, yeah. there was a book that I remember someone having at one of the many houses I used to hang out in during my, my hardcore Christian days. That was a list of Christian bands, but it was like very questionable. Like some of the bands, like Violent Femmes, was in there, and like because uh, the lead singer of the Violent Femmes is like a devout Christian. Like the album Hollowed Ground is all like Bible stories, but it was like stuff like that. I'm gonna like, be on, uh, th- like U2 was on there, Creed was in I can there, see you too, for sure. So yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I remember Toad the Wet's Pocket being like they That's were fair. they were close enough that whoever made this book was like I'm gonna rope these in for some book sales because yeah, you know totally that they had those on the front of it oh, featuring yeah. like you two and Toad the Wet's Pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was no Creed. There was no MXPX. Yeah. There was no fucking yeah. There was like frenzy. Yeah, like ten of those bands. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember my favorite thing about that was <laughs> uh, Calbreto 13 was in there. Yeah, and you've made me listen to them so because that they was became Harley, Harley Poe. Po, yeah, but the interesting thing is that even at that time in this book, I remember loving it because the Calbreto thirteen chapter questions the Christianity of <laughs> Calbreto thirteen. Yeah, yeah, because his he always even when he was in a Christian band, could not stop writing songs about zombies eating people. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Jesus was? <laughs> His, they have one song that I fucking love. Calbreto 13? Or? The Calbreto 13 song called um, uh, Joe's Gonna Die is the name of the song. <laughs> and it's just a surf rock song about being in the game Resident Evil, like playing the video game. That is such a time capsule. Oh, Holy God. Shit. I just remember the opening lyric because the members of the band are Joe, Chris, and Aaron. And the opening yeah. lyric is they've got Chris and they got Aaron. Looks like Umbrella's done it again. <laughs> This time it ain't in Raccoon City. Now it's in Kokomo, and they're all chasing me. Like, the chorus was just "Kill the zombies, kill the zombies, kill the zombies, and take them to hell." Right. That's 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 a good surf rock chorus. Yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be about repetition. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> that's a far stray from Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah, good because I didn't want to talk about the. But anyway. surf rock bleeds very nicely into the next track. Yes, it does. Probably my favorite song on the album. Mm, yeah. It's your second favorite. Right. Second favorite I, we'll to get Hush. To your favorite. No, no, I know, no, I know what's I know on what here. Is. Not my, not even my favorite song by that band, my boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you shit. Uh, Southern culture on, on the, the skids. skids. My baby's, baby's got, got the, the strangest way of singing. my jerky long and lean. So every time that I've heard a song by this band, I've liked it, and it makes me wonder why I don't have. Any of their albums. I don't either. All I have is this, but I love them. Okay, so if you guys listen to Reverend Horton Heat, you will absolutely love Southern Culture on the Skids because it's the exact same trailer park 
this rock. This Reverend Horton Heat and like the Cramps is just a great yeah. rockabilly oh, yeah. trio to listen to. Yeah, put to. this shit on your Spotify and do like similar bands and actually put Reverend Horton Heat Heat in your Spotify similar bands and I promise you such a Southern culture will come up. So we will never be able to talk about it because it's not. But they not... were also in the movie. Yes, they are in the movie. They are the band that appears in the movie. And she's got her gigantic beehive, <laughs> the bass player. Um, so. Speaking of Reverend Horton Heat, I want to talk about an album that we'll never get to talk about on soundtracking because it's not a soundtrack, but it is a cover album that I was obsessed with, and it's still one of my favorite cover albums. Did you ever listen to Saturday Morning's Greatest Hits? I know about it before you came along. Yeah. But I never listened to it. I feel like you and its I listened ad to was it always in the back of comic books. That's, yes, that's how I know about yeah, it. Yeah, it was always advertised in the back of comic books. It is... Let me pull up this track list right now, because I... Cause I I feel like it is the most fantastic 90s collection of, like, bands covering 60s and 70s TV show theme songs, which, like, I loved it so much that I kept waiting for there to be, like, a part two, because it just seems like this has... Everyone else must love this album with the same level that I love this album, was, like, my thought process. So, Saturday morning, Cartoon's Greatest Hits... It has this very iconic cover, if you ever read comic books, of a TV with eyeballs exploding out of its antenna and staring at a bunch of, like, brain-dead kids in their underwear staring in front of the TV. This is the track list. So, it starts with Liz Fair covering Tra-La-La, One Banana, Two Banana from the, the Banana Split show. And already, Liz Fair is just bringing you into what this is all about because, holy shit, who thought about her and... Followed by Sponge covering Go Speed Racer Go. Holy shit. Yeah, I don't remember the track listing, but damn. Followed by Mary Lou Lord featuring the backup band of Semi-Sonic covering Sugar Sugar from the Archies. Matthew Sweet does Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Juliana Hetfield does Josie and the Pussycats. Collective Soul does The Bugaloos. Butthole Surfers does Underdog. Helmet does Gigantar. The Ramones do uh, Spider-Man. Of course, yeah. Reverend Horton Heat does the Johnny Quest theme song and then bleeds it into Stop That Pigeon from Dastardly and Muttley and their flying machines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fret does Open Up Your Heart and Let the Sun Shine In from the Flintstones. The uh, Violent Friends does Eat Up or Ah Ah Means I Love You from the Jetsons. The band Dig does the Fat Albert theme song. Face to Face does Popeye the Sailor Man. What? Face to Face? Yeah. How they get? This is all like pop bands. And then like the Ramones and Face yeah. to Face. Tripping Daisy does Friends wow. and Sigmund the Sea Monster. Uh, the Toadies do Ghouly Get Together. Sublime does Hong Kong Fooey. The Murmurs do the HR Puppet Stuff theme song. <laughs> and then the best cover on the album is Wax, who most people don't know the band Wax. The two notable things about them was they had a very famous music video with a guy just running down the street while he's on fire, and they did the theme song for Mallrats. Uh, they cover Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy from Ren and Stimpy, and it is the most batshit crazy cover I've ever heard in my life. This that album seems like it's out of place because Ren and Stimpy was so modern. Compared it was to the super modern compared to everything it else. It was contemporary, technically. I think 
it was just because there was two albums that were advertised at the back of comics. This and the Ren and Stimpy album, You Idiot, which I listened to <laughs> on my drive here. Um, but yeah, Southern Culture on the Skids, fucking fantastic. Followed by, I don't know who the fuck the Din Pedals are. They don't have a, but a wiki page. But that song, Waterfall. Rules. I learned that on acoustic and my buddy Scott, because I had a friend named Scott. Um, I think I told that story on the podcast before that I had two friends named Scott. We were the three Scots. Um, we should have been the three Muscatiers. I should have re-listened to this because I'm realizing that I don't remember most of these songs. I do. They're burning in my brain because I listen to this shit so much. I listen to this more than the Scream soundtrack, actually, which is really saying something. But Wow. Um, Wow. 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 <laughs> Man, this shit's way more ridiculous when we're in person. Yeah, it's, uh, this is going to be like an hour and 20 minute episode, and I don't even give a shit. People that's gonna, why, that's why I told this. you we couldn't do this on the stream. There no, was no way we could no do this. No way. We could 20 not. Minutes. No 20 minutes in between, so, in between movies. So, um, this Dim Pedals cover is great. Uh, it, or song is great um and i used to i used to play this on when my you acoustic said cover i thought it might be an acoustic cover of the tlc song because <laughs> you it's been that long since you've listened to this sound yeah i uh, look it could have very well had like, an acoustic version of tlc's waterfalls <laughs> and i just never noticed oh man that would have been amazing i think i need to do an acoustic I cover of Waterfalls. think you absolutely need oh, to do God. that except i hate tlc i mean no offense lisa lefty low uh, r.i.p obviously but yeah <laughs> did the did the like the my favorite thing about the, the song thing. Waterfalls by TLC is that there was two versions of it. There was like the teens radio station yes, one that had the rap, and then there was the adult contemporary that just had a minute of instrumental. I was I thought that you were gonna say the um you you were your favorite part about the the Waterfalls cover or the Waterfalls song is that there was a cover that says. That was, wasn't it Bart? It was like, don't go making phony calls? Was it was Weird Al Yankovic did, Weird Al. did phony go. calls, yeah. yeah. And he, he replaced the rap with clips of The Simpsons with Bart <laughs> doing the prank calls. Um, <laughs> well, Anytime I, you can talk about Weird Al on, on the podcast, I'll uh, you see happy, a, You see a smile on my face. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey Petey, what do you think? My, my, sister, my sister and I used to have this conversation because our entire family was positive the lyrics were, don't go Jason Waterfalls. Like it was about a guy named Jason Waterfalls, and it was. Are, are you guys actually <laughs> mentally handicapped? Like I've, met, I have not yet met your brother. I will meet him in a couple hours, but I wonder if you guys did you eat paint chips as kids? Well, and it's like more weird because my sisters are like super normal. You were talking about your acoustic cover. That oh used yeah, to I, do would, I would just, I would just do this fucking song all the time. I I loved this song with a sick passion. So. Now we do have a song that I love, and I think it's the one that you're assuming is my favorite song on the album, uh, Our Lady Peace, Clumsy. Nope. I oh. forgot that the song was actually on the list, because I, oh. I I've been watching you for cues. Oh, well, then looking at this, I, I don't know what's... I assume you, you think I like corn. Yeah! <laughs> I... Everybody loves Clumsy. I was going to say, I genuinely think that Our Lady Peace is like one of the Super most underappreciated. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I really do. Like... Not just because of the album Clumsy. Like the album Clumsy is probably one of my favorite like post grunge alt rock releases. Yeah. But that band just kept expanding their sound with each album and became like a really solid pop rock band. And I'm I am a okay with good pop rock. Like, oh yeah, this is like somewhere out there. Do you remember that song? No, I, I know you're out there. Somewhere out there. 
Nope, I sure don't. Oh, the only thing I've ever heard is like half of Clumsy, and I didn't like it. And so I, I like, love Clumsy. Uh, but I have friends that have been obsessed with our lady piece my entire life. I'm the like, song I'm Superman's like, Dead I used to always love. Yeah, I do know that song, yeah. actually, yeah. I thought that was on Clumsy, but I'm not That sure. is on the album Clumsy, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry, when you said I've only heard half of Clumsy, I thought you meant I heard the, the first song. <laughs> just, I, no. just the first the minute Half of the, of the Clumsy album, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that was the biggest thing for him to overcome. In later albums, when he stopped sounding like Billy Corgan, that was like a really big step for their band. <laughs> well, that was the big step for a lot of bands that they never made. <laughs> oh, the nineties. Yeah, and like, oh no, talk about a band that I just don't get the the mass the appeal of is Smashing Pumpkins. I like Don't Love. I, I like that's that's what I mean. Love. Like, like I, I loved Melancholy. Melancholy. I, and no, Dreams. Melancholy and and Siamese Dreams. Dreams are really good albums. But like, people treat that band like they are the second yeah, and people coming will be of like, music. Oh, I'll pay eighty dollars to go see Billy Corgan play acoustic. Why? Do you remember when they put out? There was a box. Like they were it one of the first bands. I, I or something like that. It was a. It was like this twelve single box set called like the Aeroplane Flies High. Oh, Aeroplane Flies High. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was it just only like, had one new song, and I think it was I. Yeah. And it was like a hundred bucks to buy it. And that was and also in so two thousand or something. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of money in two thousand. Yeah. Like I was just like, there is no band that I. I would like, not pay a hundred dollars for any band. Yeah. Series. You know. You know that I. I fucking love Five Iron. I would yeah. never drop a hundred bucks on a Five Iron album. Like, I will even, even like, even if it's a, a collection or a boxed set, I'm not paying hundred dollars for no, a bunch of CDs. It's especially, it's like, especially most of those are, like you said, a bunch of old shit. And then it's one new good. song. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Oh, this is all the stuff that wasn't good enough for the record. Yeah, this is the shit we cut. <laughs> like B sides, no way. I, I don't even give a shit about B side records. The only B side record would... that's ever good, been good. Let it happen. I agree with that. And that's not even tech. Like, I don't even consider that a B-side record. That was like, hey, here's all the shit that we only put on vinyl. Oh, true. But there, like, were, like, there, were, there were B-side There were some, like, songs, demos. But like, I was thinking about, the, like, because I, like I said, I drove for 11 hours. So I put together just a, a bunch of albums that I really like. And, like, I have never cared about when an album's like, hey, we're re-releasing this album, but it's got five demos of songs that are also on the album. And I'm like... Okay. I don't want. I want to hear the finished version. I am yeah. a musician. I want to hear the finished the, version. I never want to share the finished, the now, unfinished version with anybody. The exceptions to that, I don't want the demos. The demos go to hell. I do like, like Lagwagon did this when it's like acoustic versions or someone doing like. I think making friends done on the piano with an acoustic guitar by Lagwagon is actually better than the album version because I think it makes. It makes the sadness, sense. the yeah. sadness of the song yeah. comes through. But it's also it's a different way to see that song because the whole point of like that specific song in general, the, the, the overarching feeling of that, and a lot of what Lagwagon did. Well, no, making friends was that was on no double use. platinum. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I always get Lagwagon. They are very name. similar bands, and they are also contemporaries, so and, it makes sense. And I would argue probably. Two of the most talented vocalists in pop punk. No, nope. like, Lagwagon is not nearly John's. Uh, oh, not. I, are, but they also collect. Like they did those acoustic albums together all the time. That was like Joey yeah, Cat. Mm-hmm. Like they just were very. I feel like they were very similar in a lot of ways yeah. and were very tightly connected. Yeah, and I I agree. Joe but, Tony but, Tony was Tony the far him. better. Yeah, singer. and he's dead, which sucks. But, yeah, but um, I I think that Joey Cape just had a very like 
if his singing just always felt effortless, where at it that does. time a and lot of the bands al- were like screaming. Yeah, but when out. you sing along with Lagwagon, it's not easy. Like, no. He was actually he was a solid <laughs> lyricist, a vocalist. I just thought he his lyrics great, were okay. I, his lyrics, but. When his lyrics were good, they were like really like good. when yeah, he was it. good, he was no use for name good. Yeah, but he yeah. wasn't always no use for name. Yeah, good. yeah, I, I I accept that. But yeah, the whole point of making friends in general, that song is that it's supposed to be like it's like what Real Big Fish did for their entire discography, where it's like let's do these upbeat songs with super depressing lyrics. And so yeah. when you put the depressing piano on it, it makes more sense from like an overall perspective. And man, real big, f- I was listening to turn the radio off was one of the many albums to make my yeah. drive list. And man, there's so many, that album's so good, but hey, c- here's a, here's a controversial opinion because we won't get to this until we discuss basketball, which we will. Yeah. Um, I prefer Why Do They Rock So Hard to Turn the Radio Off. I know a lot of people do. Uh, I I think Turn the Radio Off is 100% nostalgia for me over all other things. I agree. Yeah. Um, one of the albums that I think is super underappreciated by them, and I might only be saying this because of how much I love a particular song on it, but Cheer Up. No, Cheer Up is their best album. Like, uh, Drunk, is Again is Drunk Again is their best song heartbreaking ever. heartbreaking song. Yes. <laughs> like, I, and I got to see them play it live one time, and I was like, you know what? I've seen Real Big Fish play Drunk Again. I'm good. Yeah, I, and it sucks because they'll never play that live again. As no, because Scott's gone. Yeah. yeah. Scott is, side note, one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. I wish I could have met him. Like, but... he was so... He's just so chill. Uh, John, I, I'm jealous of Jonathan for the friendship that he has with that man. <laughs> Fuck he, you, John Podfather. He, moving on from Our Lady Peace... Uh, another band that doesn't have a Wikipedia page, Flick with 100 Days. This is not a bad song. It's an okay song. It's just kind of an alt-rock, forgettable meh. Yeah, I, so we're, let's just move past it. I'm not even going to play it on any ah. <laughs> For so it's, I don't I don't remember this song either. I don't remember this band either. But I know that the name makes me think of one of my favorite SNL skits. So we've got Goat Boy with Great Life. Ugh. This song sucks. It's another Sneaker Pimps wannabe song. Okay. You know, like, you don't even have to play it beneath it because I have nothing to say about it. It's fucking garbage. So so the next one, based on the song, I'm assuming it's a Juggalo band. But it's uh, Hoover Phonic with two wiki. No. (laughs) No, this is another Sneaker Pimps ripoff band. Jesus Christ. Why did you like this soundtrack? Because of Hush, Our Lady Peace, Corn. Uh, uh, waterfall, offspring, offspring, summer, summer breeze. Yeah, dude, that's the thing. Is this is a very, this is a very polarizing album, and that's why only half of it or two thirds of it made it onto my external hard drive in two thousand two. But that's like the big thing, and I feel like, I mean, we've covered this with a few of these soundtracks, but I think horror soundtracks for some reason, no, because I don't know. I feel like nineties horror soundtracks had some real, like, musical ADD going on on oh, it. Oh, yeah. It, but it's also, it, especially the Idle Hands soundtrack, because you watch Idle Hands, and I still think that movie, while I love it to death, and it's one of my favorite movies from that time period, it is very obviously poorly edited. The pacing sucks. Yeah, the pacing, it's got some it's pacing It's so, issues. like, dark, and then so upbeat, and so funny, and then, like, super dark. And, and yeah, it's it got some tonal issues, for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that that's kind of what, they were just kind of doing a cash grab. So I'll talk, we'll talk about it eventually. Like, we have to talk about the Scream soundtrack, but I actually think yeah. the worst offender is the Scream 2 soundtrack. But that the Scream, goes sound, all Scream all 2 over. 
OST is superior to the Scream 1 OST. Oh, no, I don't disagree. But what I'm saying is the Scream 2 soundtrack, you go from like a very beautiful collective soul song to Suburban Life by the Cottonmouth Kings. Yeah, it, it's, it's so, so uncomfortable. So, it's it's, it's so almost unlistenable. <laughs> we have to get Mario on for that. I think that we have to do Mario with that I've, one. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. And I mean, well, hopefully he's here to talk about it on the stream. Yeah, he will. We, we'll do it. Uh, so Adam Cohen. With Don't Mean Anything. I don't remember this song. It was so bad that I probably skipped it forever and I never put it on my external. So I actually forgot that it was on there. So bye-bye, Adam Cohen. And then it ends with Korn's Proud. I love that that's the last song on the the official licensed soundtrack. I don't remember most of the songs that are on the... (laughs) The unofficial never put on the soundtrack. Yeah, I don't either. Looking at them, I, uh, so okay, so Portsmouth, Peter Hemig, right? Uh, that's not on here actually. No. Okay, so that's on the IMDb. Oh, are you looking at the the, the OST? Um, oh no, that's I additional still su- adi- additional songs not featured. I've got Ugly Beauty with the song Forgotten Two. Don't I never heard it? Some song I don't know by the Mighty Mighty Boston's called Wake Up Call. Don't know it. <laughs> Lead Belly's version of Where Did You Sleep at Night. Uh, sleep last night. I know that song. I know. I mean, most people know it because Nirvana covered it. Mm. But um, the Lead Belly version is very lo-fi because it's from the twenties. Um, it's just a dude with a guitar, just singing out his broken heart. Uh, Your grand old flag by George M. Cohen. Another big fart noise for that. Uh, Beautiful girl by Bing Crosby. Why? And I, I'm assuming it was in the beauty pageant scene with. Oh uh, yeah, this Sarah is the Michelle shit that they used in the movie, but didn't, didn't put on the soundtrack. Give a yet. shit to pay the. And then whoever the Ultra Nate is did the song free. I, I hope that somebody got murdered during that song. I hope that would Ultra be, be the only. Ultra <laughs> like, Nate is quick. a DJ. I was hoping. Yeah. <laughs> no, I bet you that anything. That's when. Um, is it Ryan Phillippe is working out? Probably. That's Ultra Nate. Not what Not I expected. Not the person I was expecting. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's a very sassy, glittery-looking black woman. Yeah. I was, I was expecting, expecting a skinny uh, Swedish guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I am ultra-innate. <laughs> uh, you ever uh, listen to Reggie and the Full Effect do their um, their fake band, uh, the, the, the one where they do, like, Death Notronic? This beat is, this beat is, this beat is, Death Notronic. Yes, yes. This beat is, this beat is. <laughs> so... I I am one of to me. I'm one of the few people who made it to their 30s and still really is into the first album by Hello Goodbye. <laughs> oh God! But Hello Goodbye on their first EP has a song called Prom with Jesse. Oh, that's a par- where you'll go to prom with me, <laughs> which is just a parody of a YouTube musician yes. named Compressor. Yes. <laughs> like, and then all these girls with braces decided to cover the Hello Goodbye cover, or the Hello Goodbye song, <laughs> which is basically making fun of somebody doing... So there's another... Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I know all the lyrics. Yeah, dude, I love that EP. <laughs> I think Shimmy Shimmy Quarter Turn is like a legit good song. But Megan likes old Hello Goodbye, and it'll come up on Spotify. Sometimes I'm like... Okay, you know what? We're married, and this is part of marriage. I'll let this play without Call and Return, man? Nah. That song rules. Nah, man. And nah. Dear Jamie? Jonathan London did the music video for Dear Jamie? Sorry, John. He I, hates I, that band. Okay, but he did it for a paycheck, right? Well, I'll tell you the story off the air. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want, we don't want to shout on Hello Goodbye because they might be listening because <laughs> they have nothing else to do. They, they did a song uh, maybe in like their third album. That is such a blatant ripoff of uh, Death Cab for Cuties. I will follow you into the dark. Like I will play it for you after this. It I don't want to hear it. It is because I, I don't want. I will follow you into the dark. Sullied by Hello Goodbye. Literally, like it's called 
copper tone, I want to say. And like the opening lyric, it's just like, lovely girl, you just rock my world. What the fuck? No. Like, That's, that is actually almost as bad of an offender. And hey, let me just, I, I, <laughs> this is a great opportunity to say, fuck you, Bayside. Because <laughs> Bayside took the song Best Team in Baseball, right? Best Team in Baseball um, by uh, Ozma. And ripped it off for head on a plate. Have you have I made you listen to the two? No, back but to I'm back? sure it's I'm sure it's it's ooh. a literal Anthony yeah. Raineri took the vocal melody and cadence and just wrote different lyrics. Yeah, it is insane how much it's a ripoff. Insa- uh, yeah. yeah. That drives me up the fucking wall. I will not you're gonna try and make me listen to that. I will not listen I won't, to Hello Goodbye. I won't do that to you. Okay, good. But I I was gonna say the other thing, that Hello Goodbye album is one of two albums. Where there's this weird parody of such a niche character that it doesn't make sense to me. So there's that one with them doing a parody of Compressor, which like who really knew of Compressor besides like weird college kids like me. But then the other one is there was a there was a Christian swing band called the W's, and their hidden track on their album is a parody of Wesley Willis. What the fuck? Yeah, they, no. they do a, a West- swing version of what song? No, no, no. They they did a Wesley Willis song. Like they did like That's the Casio tone keyboard, and it's a guy. Oh, it's doing, a pastiche. It's a pastiche like parody oh of God. it, and the song's called Five Iron Frenzy, and it's him doing <laughs> Wesley Willis being like Five Iron Frenzy are very nice, like, and he's like doing that whole thing. They even end it with him doing Rock Over London, Rock Over Chicago. <laughs> Man, this is. That, but that, it's so weird. Like, what? Like, who was good? There's Wesley like, Willis hand. was a huge underground phenomenon. Everybody knew him in but 2001. But, like, what's the crossover of Wesley Willis fans and fans of Christian it's, swing it's music? Not, it's not. I think a it was me. It's, <laughs> it's, but that's the thing. I think if not I, to if to I met audiences. a member of the W's and was like, hey, I really like that Wesley Willis parody you did, they'd be like, oh, you're the one who knew You're who the we guy. <laughs> Do you want to be in the W's? <laughs> because you get us. All well, right. that was soundtracking for yeah, now. That was that a super long episode of soundtracking. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll be back with another. Well, actually, the best of will be dropping in like a day or two. So nice. stay tuned for that. I'm excited to hear it myself. <laughs>